Welcome to In the Dark, everybody. I am having a pretty good day, but I will tell you, I broke my toe yesterday. <laughs> I was working, and I move really fast when I'm working. Like, I just jet around like a maniac. I don't know why. Um, I just, I have to get, whenever I'm working, I just, I just... I'm just very fast. Like my body movements and stuff are just like, I'm like a little speed demon. And so my son was in the bus helping me and <laughs> I kicked off my shoes because I hate wearing shoes, despise them. So any chance I get, I will take my shoes off. And he's got these big feet, like these big clod hoppers. Cause he's such a big boy. He's tall and he's just big. And, um, I was flying by him and he stuck his foot out just as I was flying by him and it caught my my one toe and literally felt like it just busted right off the hinge. It was horrible. I have never experienced pain in my life like I did yesterday. It was horrible. I want to tell you guys something though. This is really cool. This is what I'm getting to here. So it took me two and a half hours to get from the time I parked the bus out around the back of the garage till the time I actually got into my house, it took me from 7 o'clock until 9.30 at night. By the time I figured out how to get into my house and up onto my porch, this is just unbelievable. I could not even lift my foot. I could not even move my foot. The pain was so unbelievably excruciating and I had no idea... I've broken toes before and I've never in my life had pain like this in my entire life over, I don't think anything I've ever dealt with. And it was the point, like, even if I tried to lift my leg, it felt like shards of bone were coming out of my foot. I mean, this is just unbelievable. And so I got to the, I got out of the bus somehow. I finally got out and I thought, I'm just going to be a warrior, you know, suit up in my armor and just kick butt and just, you know, I'm going to get in that house and I'm going to work through this pain well, I got out along the side of the bus and I just broke down and started crying. I was screaming, you know, just at the, at the air, just, you know, kind of freaking out going, I cannot believe how much this hurts, you know? And, uh, it, it just, I can't even begin to explain to you the pain I was in. Could not even put my foot down. Couldn't even touch my toe. Like couldn't even softly just even touch it. Like it was like some ungodly Thing just happened to me, you know? And, um, so my son brings me out of chair and I'm calling everybody. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to call an ambulance at some point here. Like I do not know how to get into the house. And I called, you know, Matt who was at work and he, I couldn't get through to him right away because they're not really allowed to have their cell phones on them. And he works, you know, pretty fast paced job. And I called my son, he was at work and he called his fiance. And then, you know, she called my, my two daughter-in-laws, they were called. I called my other daughter. I mean, it was just like, this is a mess. And, um, so my two daughter-in-laws show up like maybe half an hour, 45 minutes later, they bring me a walker because like, I'm like, I seriously need crutches. I have to hop. I can't even put my foot down. And I even tried putting it on my heel. Oh my God. It was just like, I was going to just, I was going to go through the roof. And, um, so I literally had to let that foot hang and hop on my left leg and my one knee on my left leg's bad. So I was, I was like, oh great, I'm going to compensate, you know, on one side and then it's going to, that's going to get screwed up. So they bring me the walker and my one son broke his 
leg two months ago. He hasn't had a bone break since he was a kid. I think he only ever had one on his finger. My other son, a month later, who's like his twin, they were only born like a year apart. He broke his fingers. Both of them had to have surgery. My other son hadn't broken a bone since he was a kid. And now I broke my toe and you could, I mean, you could see the break of my toe. It was like way out. You could see the, it was just disgusting. I mean, you couldn't see flesh. It didn't like cut it or anything, but you could see, you know, it was detached. Um, none of us have had bone breaks since, you know, they were kids. And I'm just like, what is going on? Matt knocked himself out the other day in the garage he had had a little one too many to drink and was doing something on a ladder. And I went out because I hadn't heard from him in a while. And I went out. He's all sprawled out on the floor. He's got a chair on top of his head. I'm like, what the heck is going on? My other daughter's having relationship problems. My other daughter's really sick with the fever. Her fiance just messed up his knee. I'm like, okay, there are some serious demons running loose in this family right now. Like, we have got some accident stuff going on here. It's like bone-breaking time and whatever else. Like, Matt got up and said he thinks he had, like, a concussion or whatever. Um, it's been a crazy, you know, just this past couple months. It's just been, like, building of craziness. But, so as I was sitting out there, so my daughter-in-laws came and they ultimately what they did was they packed me away in my car. I always drive my car out to my bus because at nighttime it gets really spooky around here. Like my freaking, that out, that's out where Matt sees like the orbs and we've had some pretty strange stuff going on out there. Like it's been late at night, but still you can feel it's kind of freaking. We always like, <laughs> we always know we're okay. when we get out of the car and we hear like the crickets and the stuff chirping. We were like, okay, must be clear. You know, we listen for that. But if it's like dead quiet, it's like, okay, this is not the time to be out here. So, um, so they ultimately, they put me in the back of my car. They lifted up the trunk and I scooted in there after I used this walker to hop over on one foot with the walker to the trunk and then one of my girls, my, my daughter-in-law's backed up my Explorer to the, <laughs> God, what a mess, to the, the porch where I couldn't figure out how to get up on the porch because there's steps. And I ultimately had to crawl. And while Kim was sitting there laughing at me, the other Kim, both my daughter-in-law's names are Kim, which is kind of cute, but they spell it differently. And um, my boys have known them since they were little. It was really cute. So... Um, and then they, all their babies were in the car waiting for them. And so the other Kim was out there waiting in the car and by the, and back by the garage. And the other Kim's out here just cracking up because she said she's used to it now that my other son, which is her mate, it had broken his leg. So she's been dealing with this for like two months now. And, um, so she's cracking up laughing. I'm like, this is not funny, you know? And so I get in here and I, you know, I just basically just. Tristan and I got stuff to eat for me. He kind of put me in the room. I, I went to bed and I just slept for like a whole day and a half and, you know, bored out of my mind. Like I am not somebody that's good to be stuck in bed without wanting to be stuck in bed. Like I'm, I'm okay if I choose to be there, but I'm not okay if I have to be stuck in bed. And then I get real stir crazy. And my own sons are doing the same thing. They're running around in their cars and everything with broken, like, you know, Drew has a broken leg and he's still driving and Code has broken hand and he's still driving. Like we just get stir crazy. I mean, we know, you know, when we drive, we know we're okay to drive, but you know, it, it's just one of those things. Um, so what I wanted to tell you was this. A couple nights ago, 
I want you to understand how powerful prayer is because I'm telling you, it is amazing when you truly are somebody that I feel is truly repentant, okay, where you really try to not sin and you really try to be a good person, like somebody that's that's not sinning intentionally, although we still... There's always these little nuances in there of sin. Like it's like, you know, no matter what you do, it could be a thought. It could be a sexual thought, you know, something like that. Because that's, I think that's a big one. I think the sexual stuff is a really big one that hits us all. And I think we all deal with that one, you know, because I've talked to my other son about that before. And he's like, you know, I have, I said, honey, everybody has that. Like we're all dealing with that because it's, it's part of our nature as the animal part of us of who, like what our instinct is, you know, so we have to we need to really kind of fight that stuff as much as we can. But I feel like it's, it's our intent. Like if God knows you're trying, it isn't like you're just running around doing whatever you want to do, you know, going to nightclubs, you know, maybe, you know, doing drugs, selling drugs, you know, womanizing, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you could just go on and on with a list of sins. I mean, it could be even the littlest things like hate, you know, lying, um, stealing, um, just anything, you know, anything it could be stealing can be as simple as, you know, this is the thing that people don't understand. Stealing can be as simple as taking a pen at a bank that you didn't ask for, you know, now they have stuff there like in a cup that you can take one, but maybe you take five. Okay. You're taking five pens. That's stealing because you know, you're only supposed to take one deep down. You know, you're only supposed to take one. Okay. If you, you know, swipe, you know, any, it, it could be anything. It can be the smallest thing. If it's, it can be your IRS forms, you know, your taxes, it can be, you know, something that you fudge a little bit on paperwork. It's all stealing in God's eyes. It's all intent. So I feel like if God knows that you're really, um, your intent, like, is that you're trying, that you actually are mourning your sins, that you're, it, you, you really agonize over it. Like that, like I do, like I get really upset with myself, if I do something, you know, off, you know, off, you know, kilter, or I, I sin deliberately, you know, or something, and I get, I just get like, I immediately start talking to God about it immediately. I don't even let it go. I'm just like almost right smack in the middle of them. Like, God, I don't, I just, I can't, I can't do this right now. I can't resist this, you know, <sighs> or something along those lines. But, um, I just feel like if he knows that our intent is that we're at least, tr we're struggling to try. Okay, if you just struggle to try, and I feel like it lifts such a veil between us and him that it really puts us in his presence where he really hears our prayers. He really is there and he he's close to us. It's not like, I feel like when you're living in intentional sin and you're just out doing whatever you want to do, that you are um, separating yourself from God completely, almost completely, you know? Maybe completely. I don't know. But so this is what happened to me. And I'm telling you this because I feel like my walk with God is so close, even though I still sin. You know, there are times I sin. Now, I'm not saying I run around trying to sin. I, I literally run around trying not to sin. But I still have problems with certain things and I falter, which we're going to. We're humans. Not that that's an excuse. But um, so I said a prayer. I was sitting outside on a chair. Tristan had brought a chair out for me while we were waiting for Kim and Kim to get here with a walker for me. <laughs> it's funny. I almost, I told Kim, I said, let me borrow Drew's crutches. 
<laughs> we were like, wow, this is pretty bad. So they get here with a walker, but before they got here, I it was like the last thought I had had was to pray. I just, I was in so much pain and I was so angry that it happened, that it, that something kind of, you know, got me down that I sat on my chair out there that Tristan brought out for me. And I just looked up and I said, you know, Lord, I was like, Jesus, I need your help. I, I need you to heal me. I need you to take this pain away. I can't, I can't do anything right now, Lord. I can't even get into my house right now because the pain is so bad that it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable pain. I am not kidding you. The very moment I was done praying, you know, whatever else I prayed, whatever I said to the Lord, and I always end it, you know, in your name, I pray Jesus, amen. Or I'll say in your name, I pray Jesus, God, my father in heaven, I pray this prayer to you in the name of Jesus, amen. I, I always acknowledge God, you know, God's in there along with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You know, there's three, but there's one. It's, it's such a hard dynamic to understand, but it's still, it's there. And so I, the, the moment I got done praying, I'm not kidding you guys. Imagine if you broke your arm and it was the worst pain you've ever felt in your entire life. And this pain wasn't going away. This was just going on and on and on. You couldn't even pick up your arm. You couldn't even move it without this horrible, most excruciating, jagged, sharp pains just you know, shooting through your skin, like your bone was going to come out of your skin. That's how I felt. And imagine if you pray and within moments, the pain just lifts out of nowhere, because this is what happened to me. I prayed and the pain, I just felt it. I, I used the word pop out of me. I felt it like lift. Like I almost felt like something reached in and removed it. And when I, by the time I got to the car, I was like hanging my foot down. I was still hopping because I was still, you know, scared to put my foot down. But I was like, what's going on? Like I, I still had pain, but it was nothing like it had been. And it was so much better. It was normal pain. It was like, you know, you hurt yourself, but you could definitely like you like it was the kind of pain that you don't you don't even need painkillers for. That's how like how minute it was at this point. So I get into the car and I'm in there and I'm actually able to wiggle my toes, which I couldn't even lift my leg before. I couldn't move at all without feeling like bone was gonna shatter through my skin. And I could wiggle my toes, I could move my feet. The pain was just, it, it's like all this pain just was gone. And I knew it was God. I knew it was God. I knew he had answered my prayer. I knew he had lifted the pain out of me. He's done this to me. You guys don't understand some of the encounters and stuff I've had with God with this stuff. So two days ago before this happened, let me finish this. I woke up today. I was still kind of gimping around last night with the walker. The only frustration I really had was that I had to hop on one leg because I still couldn't put my foot down without it, you know, kind of really acting up. But it wasn't anything like it was. Like I said, it was pretty normal, except for me not wanting to put my foot down because I was worried. 
I woke up this morning. I was literally walking all over the place. I was, I went to the store. I went to into Walmart to do some things. I had to do all this stuff. And I was, I mean, it's the pain's there. You can tell I broke it, but it's like, it's like, it's gone. Sorry, I had a clog in my throat there. Um, and then I, I called my dad and told him, I was like, dad, you, you, you got to hear this, this testimony. And it was just like, you have to experience this stuff to understand it. When you hear other people tell it, it's interesting, you know, and it's, it's something you kind of nod your head and you're like, yeah, that's cool. But when you actually go through this stuff with God and you know, in your soul, in your spirit, that your Lord just reached down and did something for you to help you deal with something. When it's so obvious to you in your spirit and in your mind and in your heart that you know this was God, it is the most amazing feeling in the world. That's all I can say. It's something that just absolutely blows your mind. Okay. Then I, um, about two, three days ago, I, I guess at this point it's three days ago, I was laying in bed and I had a really horrible stomach. I was having stomach pain because I've got, I have some gluten issues. It seems like I'm starting to figure it out. I think it's gluten. seems like whenever I eat gluten, I have like stomach pain and stuff. It really causes pain. And then when I don't eat it, I don't have it. So I really do believe I'm gluten sensitive right now. I've got all kinds of other allergies and stuff anyway. But, um, so I did not mean for this to get this long because I had a lot of stuff to tell you guys tonight. So I might have to do another video here because I was going to do my continuation of Ted Gunderson, but hang, just bear with me here. Maybe I'm just kind of breaking this up a little bit to give you something new. Um, so I, I was laying in bed and it was like three days ago and, and I was in agony. My belly was just, my whole abdomen was hurting and I looked up and I prayed to God and I said, you know, I need your help. I I'm really in pain here, Lord. I'm, I'm having problems. And I would say within 10 minutes, my pain was completely gone. It was just completely gone. I don't know what this is with God in me. You know, what, what is going on with this? But it is really, really, really amazing to me that I have this kind of relationship with my father, my savior, that he literally answers my prayers like immediately. It isn't like he even, he doesn't answer all my prayers immediately. You know, I mean, I've been praying for family members and stuff for a long time, but I know he's working in their lives. I can tell. And I know that we also have free choice. So he has to work with that too. You know, he's given us free choice. So he has to, he's working against our free choice all the time. And, uh, but when it comes to me and when I'm sick, um, I told this tooth story on one of my podcasts. Um, it was a Christian podcast I was doing and I ended up, what happened was I ended up combining them. I, I was trying to separate out my Christian podcast from the cryptid and the ghostly and the demonic podcast. And I was like, as time was going, I was like, this is just all this. It's all blended together. It's, it's all the same source. It's all the same you know, it's, it's the war. It's the battle that's going on down here. I can't separate these out. It's all the same thing. So that's why I just ended up, you know, just mixing them together. And I've had so many people find me on Facebook or message me and tell me that they can't believe that I actually mixed the two together. They said that nobody does that, that, you know, everybody they hear, like people don't really mix the two. They either talk about they usually talk about like one thing and they don't really get into all of it kind of being part of each other. And I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not sure if Noah, nobody else does that, but you know, maybe nobody they've encountered so far. Um, 
So I had a tooth one time. I'm going to tell you this one testimony that was really cool. I was, I was laying in bed and I was dying of a toothache. I had the worst toothache. I'd had a root canal that went bad and it caused me to just the whole, the whole tooth, there was a whole chunk of tooth there. Almost like say you have a molar in your mouth and only like a piece of it's missing. Okay. So you've got your whole tooth. It's embedded into your gum. It doesn't move. The molar's not moving. No matter what you do, you cannot pull this molar out of your gum because it's fastened into your gum like your teeth usually are. It's not loose, nothing. It just has a chunk of it is missing. Okay, so they had done a root canal and then they they never capped it. They just did the root canal and because there's still tooth there and then they filled it. So at one point, there's a big chunk of it that came out, like a piece, like a, like a chunk of it. But there was like all this tooth was still left. The tooth got so infected and so bad that it wasn't like, I mean, you couldn't see infection or it didn't, you know, like smell bad or anything. It just, it, the pain was there. There was like this, the pain got to be so bad. I thought I was going to lose my mind. You know, it, it still wasn't as bad as my toe last night, but it was pretty bad. And I, I was getting to a point, I was taking so much ibuprofen and it was getting to the point where the ibuprofen wasn't working like it had been anymore. The other thing that topped it off was every time I even moved this tooth. So if you go in there and a lot of times you like to knock your tooth when it's hurting or you like to wiggle it, you, you favor it. You know, you're always playing around with anything on your body that hurts. You're always like kind of touching it or, you know, whatever. Like you get a headache and you're always like holding your head or whatever. So I have a tendency, if I have a toothache, I kind of knock the tooth. I kind of like take like say the end of a pen and I just kind of like hit it over and over and over again gently and it sometimes it seems like it does like a myotherapy or a trigger point thing on it where it takes the pain away and so I had been doing that but every time I did it the tooth would bleed like crazy I'm talking blood like I'd have to go over and get tissues and and I couldn't even touch it because it would bleed so I went to bed and as I was going to bed, I looked up and I prayed to Jesus. I was like, you know, I really, Jesus, I need your help. I need, I need you, please, please, please to take this pain away from my tooth because it's really hurting me. I can't stand this, Lord. You know, I was like, I just, I can't take it. And it was bad. And so I went to bed and I woke up the next day and my tooth, <laughs> guys, this is literally what, this is crazy my tooth was completely gone and not only was it gone but i i can't even begin to tell you how amazing this was to me like how profoundly amazing this was to me my tooth was completely gone it wasn't loose at all there was no piece of tooth anywhere to be found and every time i had touched my tooth it bled there was not even a drop of blood anywhere. And you know when you get a tooth pulled, how it bleeds and then it and then the blood clot forms and it coagulates and it forms like a, a, a film over it because the blood like all pulls, then it kind of starts to heal over and form gum again. I had nothing. It was like, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen when they... Uh, install a swimming pool when they put swimming pools in they'll dig the earth they'll dig into the ground in ground swimming pools and they'll do like a ledge they'll, they'll dig down and they'll have like this ledge and then they go deeper 
my tooth was literally like that, only it was smooth. It was completely smooth. It was completely embedded down into my gum. There was no blood, no tooth. It was like it was completely just smooth gum all the way down into the root. It was the most, it was like God's finger in the middle of the night had come down and plucked out my tooth. The pain was completely gone. No blood, no tooth, no clotting, nothing. There was nothing. And there was just enough of a little piece on the side left that it, that I would have to get it pulled. And then, um, then it would heal. So the gum would go, would heal over. And that's what happened because if there wasn't that piece left, I would have kept, I would have had that divot in my gum that was completely fresh skin and it would have stayed like that. But he left just enough of a little piece over to the side that when the dentist pulled that the whole gum covered over, it was, it was the most amazing you guys just have no idea how amazing this was. I can't say enough about it. I knew God had come to me in the middle of the night and healed my tooth and completely, completely took my pain away that I had had probably for two weeks until the time I had got into the dentist. I had had, I'd made an appointment and it was going to take a while to get in. And I probably had that pain for probably like at least, you know, 10 days. And every day it was getting worse and bleeding worse. It was, it was amazing. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I, I intended on getting into some other things, but I'm not sure. I might have to just do this and I wanted to talk to you about something else and continue on with um, the stuff I was talking about with Ted Gunderson in another podcast. So I will be right back with you shortly. Okay, guys, I'm back. Um, like I said, I'm not sure I'm going to have any time to, to continue on with the information I was talking about, about the government stuff. So I will continue that on the next episode. I promise you, I'm not going to let you down and forget about that. Um, something Matt had messaged me today. I wanted to tell you guys about, I want to say something to you. Um, the shots, the immunizations in, in a couple of my episodes, I have talked about, you know, how they're shoving crap in us through immunizations and, you know, the Vietnam, the leader of Vietnam, how he talked about how they had no um, cases of autism in their country until Bill Gates had brought his immunizations there for kids. Many, many people are getting this immunization, these immunizations for the COVID-19. And I want to let you guys know that I am not for or against them. I am not trying to make you feel like you shouldn't have gotten the immunizations I'm just telling you the facts. I'm just telling you, you know, the cases of the reports that are coming in and there have been cases of people dying and there's cases of people living with lots of immunizations, you know, and you have to, it's a personal decision. I, I can't, I don't know what's right or wrong with this immunization stuff. And I know a lot of people are, I, I just read an article today about Jennifer Aniston, how she had you know, brought out this thing where she won't even do movie sets and also Sharon Stone where they won't even go on a movie set without people that unless the whole crew is immunized. I mean, that's not somebody's right to tell another person they have to be immunized. You know, that's that's wrong that that people you know, the thing is, if you're immunized, 
if you're immunized, then you shouldn't be worrying about if somebody else isn't, you know, immunized. Really, should you? You know, like, like if Sharon Stone's had her immunizations and Jennifer Aniston's had her immunizations, what do they care if somebody's not immunized? You know, the person that's not immunized, that's their choice. And supposedly, if they believe so firmly that this immunization is going to protect them, then what are they so worried about? So I'm, there's a part of that that, you know, and I know you could say, well, you know, they could still carry it, this and that. It's true, you know, but I just, I feel like it's a personal choice. I am not in any way saying that people that get it are wrong to get it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think... I don't think anybody has the answers to this right now. And the thing with me is I'm, I'm not a candidate for it because I've got really bad allergies. I've got super allergies. Like everything that I'm allergic to is like a super allergy. So I am not a candidate for it. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, my daughter-in-law got it. And, you know, I was always, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I hope, you know, you're hot. And I know friends of mine, family members that have gotten it. And, you know, you're just kind of scared that something could happen. But you're also scared that something could happen to you because you're not immunized, you know. So it, it's really, I just wanted you guys to know that, though. I, I, I don't want you thinking that I'm just completely anti-vax or that I'm pro-vax. I, I, I don't know. I'm just really, the jury's out with it for me right now because I'm, I'm just kind of laying low seeing how things go. I double mask when I go out to public, no matter where I go, I'm wearing a double mask. Unless I'm in my truck, I'm up, I'm up in away from people and they're down, they're outside. So I don't feel as bad doing that, you know, but I wear gloves a lot. Um, I wash my hands constantly. I don't touch my face anywhere until I get home, wash my hands. I use hand sanitizer. Like I take all the steps I can. I stay away from people that are coughing or, you know, touching their face or, you know, I don't, I just, you know, I'm very careful, but I don't know. I mean, I could, you know, I don't want to preach to not get immunized and then end up getting COVID and dying from it. You know, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that do that, you know, because I just, I can, I'm just here to tell you that I, I don't have the answers for this and I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, waiting, um, to see how things go and what's going to happen. And I pretty much, you know, I stay in a lot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not out at restaurants and I don't, you know, I've always been kind of a recluse anyway. Um, I love people and I'm around people at times, but I, I really like being, you know, at, like at my own little nest doing my own stuff. I'm just not, uh, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a very extroverted person, obviously, or I would be doing a podcast, but, um, there's a big side of me that I'm perfectly happy just being a shut in in a lot of ways too, because I, I enjoy, I play piano, you know, I'm learning violin. I learn languages. Um, I'm writing kids books. I'm creating an internet site. Like I'm always finding stuff to do. So I'm never bored. So, you know, so I don't have a problem saying it, that this doesn't get to me like it does to some people. Some people need to be around people and others don't. And I'm one of those people that I could take either way. I'm really good. So, but anyway, so Matt sends me this message today and he says, do you know 80% of the people contracting or contracting the Delta variant have been vaccinated? And then he put a wow sign on there. And I, I wrote back, I said, is that true? And I said, oh my word. And I, and I just wrote that I was super bored and this and that. And, uh, then I sent him a thing. Um, there was a thing that popped up. I think it was out in Nevada that 
the chipmunks out there. Chipmunks found at California Lake Tahoe have been found to be carriers of the plague. A beach on Lake Tahoe has been closed off. Local chipmunks tested positive for the plague, according to reports. The plague is a bacterial infection that is spread by feral rodents, such as chipmunks and rats, via their fleas. So that's going on right now. Okay, and then there was also a super fungus that they found that two were dead from in a hospital. I'm not going to pull up where it was, but if you guys want to look it up, it's some super fungus that has killed two people in one of the, I think it was in Texas or something. And then Matt wrote back, you know, he just put, I hate to say this word, but damn. And then he just put the effing plague, whoa. And I just said, unreal. And he said, the deaths over last 31 years of all vaccines administered don't even come close to the deaths from the last five months from the COVID vaccination. That's what he he found out today on some information. So th this is why I'm just like, you know, it's a chance. You know, I mean, whatever we do in life, it is a chance. And there are people that are taking the, the vaccination and they're doing just fine. And there's people that are getting the vaccination that are still getting COVID and dying and getting the Delta variant and dying. And there's people that are getting or not that are not getting the, the vaccination, you know, that are dying from COVID. And, you know, there it, it just I mean, I don't know. I just don't know the answers to this, guys. So it's a personal personal choice. You guys make the best choice that's right for you. And don't you let anybody tell you any different. That's what I want to tell you. I want to say that to you. Um, so, back in 1992, the BBC released a show called Ghost Watch on Halloween night. It was a film in the style of a documentary of a home of a family in northwest London called the early family. Um, this was fictional. It was supposed to be a real ghost hunt and story. It was supposed to be broadcasted as it was that it was not real. While the crew were celebrating the release, many people and children were left traumatized by this. According to Stephen Volk, a horror writer and creator of ghost watch, the program's producer, Ruth, Baumgard arrived at the party in shock. She had a white face from over 20,000 plus calls that were jamming up the lines from a lot of children who believed the show was real. Three different pregnant women that had gone into labor while watching the show and a vicar calling in to complain that demons were being raised by this program. So there were two boys, 3, 12, 94, 10, 11 years old that ended up with PTSD and another family's son, Gavin, who was 18, seemed hypnotized. They, the mother and father said that while he was watching the show, he seemed like he was hypnotized by it. And he started acting really weird. He showed really weird signs of trauma, PTSD, just like the other two boys had. They had all kinds of nightmares, uh, just everything, almost like they were getting, turning into schizophrenia. But it wasn't schizophrenia. It was, it was something that had come over them while watching this movie. Um, Gavin ended up killing himself weeks later and he left a note on his body and he said that, you know, now he was going to be a ghost like the others and live in that world. 
the BBC ended up banning Ghost Watch. Many other movies like uh, Poltergeist, Wizard of Oz, Amityville Horror, there's a lot of them that proved to be cursed. Um, Wizard of Oz, there was a lot of deaths. People had, had some tragedies on that, that movie. Poltergeist, there was two deaths from two of the girls that did that movie, those movies shortly after. And there was some weird things that went on on the set. Um, Amityville was a really weird one because they had had lots of, of stories of people having weird things going on on the set. They had done a new story. I'd, I'd said this before in one of my podcasts. They had done a new one where they had rebuilt the set in a whole different location. And all of these hauntings and problems that came from the other Amityville started happening there. It, it's like, it was like a portal. They, they basically built a new Amityville and all the problems were transferred over. And it was like a go between the two houses, like some kind of a portal. It was really weird. So the importance of this story is that you need to watch what, you need to be careful what you're watching. Um, I really marveled at the word hypnotized with this story. Hypnotized is exactly what sums it up. You know, there's things that you bring in to your house that are cursed. Um, I had recently, I had some people come into my house and they were people from the church and I had asked them to come in to pray for me because I was going through, you know, health issues and stuff. And I really just needed some help. And they came in, these are very spirit filled people. And they came into my house and they looked around. I have these glass bulbs all over my house that I love to decorate and they call them witch balls, which I hate that term. They all, they look like Christmas ornaments. They're hand glass, they're, they're hand blown glass bulbs. And some of them have like a tree of life in them. Um, I've got Indian pictures. I've got, you know, dream catchers. I've got, uh, I mean, Matt's even got a freaking tribal mask upstairs in his bedroom, which I'm just like, oh my God, shaking my head. My daughter got it for him as, as a birthday gift. And I was like, oh my God, she brought in a, a tribal mask in here. Um, but there's stuff around our house. And this, this church group had told me that, you know, your house is filled with things that are portals that act as a go-between from that realm and this realm, and it gives them a window to get into this realm, get into your home, get into your, your health and your family and your relationships, and they infiltrate it. And the more stuff you have, the more portal, portals are open, the more demonic entities are coming through. So they wanted to, to take that day and go around and smash my things. And I just was like, no, I'm not ready for that. You know, like I'm, I'm not ready for it, but I know I've known that there are some things in my house that I need to clean out. So I ended up giving them this astrology amulet that I used to have. I have, I had, um, I'd had it for probably the past, oh God, probably the past 20 years. I've had this thing and a blue stone in the middle and it had like this astrology thing. And I had gotten it from this company that claimed that it had to do with numerology and like your life and, you know, all this stuff. And I had not too long ago, I'd gone to a psychic and I knew I shouldn't go to a psychic, but I did anyway. I just, I was so reaching for any kind of help I could find for answers on my health. You know, I wanted to know what was going on with me. Like the doctors can't figure it all out. And I needed answers and I got desperate one night and I got a hold of this guy named Angel. And I'm telling you, he was accurate. Like 
this guy said stuff about my family and I took all my stuff off Facebook. He didn't know who I was. So he didn't know, you know, he couldn't like punch in my name on Facebook and, you know, I would pop up or anything like that. It was, I took it all off. So when I did the reading, he wouldn't know anything about me. And, um, he said stuff that was just like, it, it hit home so much and it scared me, but he felt that, um, like my life, like, you know, the, the relationship stuff was going on and like my environment was causing a lot of it. And he, he told me to watch for ovarian cancer and stuff like that. So I told the people at the church, I told the church group, you know, what, that, what, that I had done this, that I knew I shouldn't have done it. Okay. I knew I was like, I know not to play with this. I know not to even call them, but that's how desperate I was for answers on my health. I was so like, what is going on? What's causing this pain? Like, why is this happening to me? Why are these allergies? Like what's going on in my body that's causing me to have these terrible allergies? And I just wanted an answer so badly that I resorted to this just this one time. And, you know, we prayed about it and, you know, I was talking to Wayne and he was like, you know, just repent of it and don't ever do it again. And I was like, I know. And, and he, we talked a lot about, um, professing positive things over your life that two of the things, three of the things, you know, are going to keep you close to God and keep your, your house cleaned out and keep your spirit cleaned out. And one of them is repentance of sin. You have to repent of sin. You have to really work at not sinning. Okay. The other one is to clean your house out, you know, to get rid of the crap in your house that is demonic, you know, whether it's video games, movies, uh, dream catchers, witch balls, amulets, astrology stuff. I mean, there is a list of stuff. You need to look that up and really go to work in your house. They told me that there was a woman that was really, really sick. And when they went in her house, told her what to clean out, she literally got rid of all of it. And she didn't give it to somebody else. She literally smashed it and threw it away. Okay, you can't give the problem to somebody else. You can't pack it up and put it in a box and put it in storage because the stuff is still then attached to you. It's not, you know, you're not detaching from it. You're just storing it. So it's still yours. And uh, I guess once this woman had done this, she cleaned out her house completely. Her entire body healed. She had like this miracle healing and nothing. She had no problems whatsoever with her body after that. And she had all kinds of health complications. And the other one, well, prayer obviously would be one. The other one is speaking positive things into your life. You have got to speak. Say you're, you have a son that is a drug addict. Okay. And your son is not cleaning his life up. He's just constantly, you know, doing say cocaine or heroin or whatever. And he's not stopping. And every day you're worrying sick about your son and you're praying about your son, praying and praying and praying. But yet at the same time you're worrying and the same time you're praying every day, you're talking to other family members, even if it's just your husband or your wife. And you're saying, well, so-and-so he's doing cocaine again. He's never going to change. He's never going to get better. I'm afraid he's going to kill himself or he's just going to kill himself. He's going to die. He's going to kill himself. Every time you talk like this, you are literally speaking curses over your child. 
you are enforcing all that negativity and you're actually, every time you're sick and you're constantly complaining that you don't feel well or you're tired or your, your head hurts, you know, every time you say that you're basically, you're pleasing the demons, you're pleasing the devil, you're making them happy because they don't read your mind. They rely on your body language and your personality watching you and the things you say. That's how they find out about you. So every time you're saying this, you're enforcing that. You're reinforcing it. And you have to be careful what you say because you have to stay positive. You know, when you're sick, praise Jesus that you're sick. Praise him. Thank him for the sickness. Don't speak negativity about it. Don't say your son is never going to get better. Say your son is going to get saved. Your son is going to be delivered and he's going to be saved from addiction. That's how you need to talk. You cannot run around speaking curses over the people that you love by talking negatively. You have to remember this. This is of the utmost importance. So I just, I wanted to go over that with you. Um, and I just, I wanted to get into this stuff with the, you know, the movies talking about, you know, the things that you watch. Now, if you go back to the movie I was telling you about, okay, this ghost watch series or this ghost watch show, this show was brought into people's home through the television. They were watching it. This show was the cause of somebody's child going out and killing himself. That's a demon. A demon was brought into your their house by a movie that came on their television. We're bringing this stuff in. We're allowing it in. And these, these movies, this music, the negative talk, you know, putting curses over your family, over yourself by talking negatively, you know, collecting things that we like, that they, we think are cool, that are actually cursed objects or portals to the demonic realm, we have got to watch what we're doing, guys. We have to, we need awareness. And the problem is we don't have the awareness. We don't really know how to battle this stuff. Like the dog men, the Bigfoot, you know, what you need is to start talking about the Lord when you run into these creatures. That's what, that's the weapon. That's our weapon. Our tongue is our sword. It's our weapon of God, not just a weapon to cut others down with. It's a weapon of God to destroy these, these demons and entities or get them away from you. Get them out of your house. Get the crap out of your house. Stop letting your kids, you know, watch demonic stuff. Stop letting your kids play video games that are demonic with these, these, you know, demons that run around that the kids start thinking are cool. And it's so hard. It's so hard to do it because we, we are all so, we're so conditioned. We've been so conditioned that this is the norm, that it's normal to watch, you know, the troll hunter or Ben 10 or, you know, Harry Potter, which I even read the books. I, I read all the Harry Potter books, Lord of the Rings. I loved, you know, I mean, look at what you're really watching. Look at what you're really letting into your eyes and your soul, what you're letting infiltrate and be, you know, be careful with this stuff. So that's what I had for you tonight. I, I really, I could have gone on and on all night here. I had so much to talk about. It was unreal, but 
I will, um, next episode, I'm going to continue on with Ted Gunderson's talk. I stopped with the First Amendment of the bill that was passed that Congress didn't even know what they were signing. And I'm going to continue on with the Fourth Amendment, what was changed. So I will talk to you guys next episode. You guys have a wonderful night. God bless you. Stay safe and say your prayers. Take care.